Hi everyone, welcome to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. I'm your host, Bill DeFilippo. Nick Polak is not here because we are not talking about Penn State football. Uh, no, we are recording this on Thursday, November 10th, which means tomorrow is the first Penn State basketball game of the year, and we figured this would be about as good of a time as any to do a Penn State basketball podcast, our first one uh, at the new site. I'm joined uh, by Chad Markulich. Chad, how you doing? Bill, hello. Hi. Hello. We are also joined by Dan Smith. Dan, what's happening? My hair is tied up and ready to go here. Heck it's yeah. It. My hair is long now. I've tied it up. I was hoping to go for that uh, you know, sexy European soccer player look. You know those <laughs> you know those sexy soccer players that Bill's always talking about, Chad? <laughs> I was hoping that? to go for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up more with like a I ended up more with like a Steve Nash thing going, unfortunately. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I saw yeah, Dan. No, I, I saw Dan over the weekend, and I must say the hair is getting. Uh, it looks out of like it should be out of control, but Dan manages to keep control of it pretty well. So, kudos to Dan for that. Certainly, uh, off Eric, the reels. Thirty seconds in, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had Dan on the podcast, so of course that was going to happen. Uh, we right. don't have Eric. Eric Gibson could not join us. Uh, I haven't thought of a silly reason why Eric isn't here. Uh, he just couldn't make it. So that's he's writing. He's writing his columns by typewriter as he's wont to do. Yes. yes. And by only the light of his uh, his cigarettes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's try to avoid going too far off the rails anytime in the next like two minutes. Uh, we'll see if we can stay on track for like two minute segments, and if we can, God bless us. Uh, but yeah, Penn State basketball, its first game of the year is on Friday, uh, host Albany. On Sunday, ho- they host Duquesne. Tuesday, they host Grand Canyon University. And then we get into that preseason tournament at a casino where they are going to beat Duke. Uh, so yeah, let's just talk about this season. Let's do a preview of this season and what we can expect out of a Penn State basketball team for the first time in a while. Seems like it has some pretty serious hype behind it. Part of that's because of the talent that's come in. Part of that is because... Pat Chambers has said we're going to try and change with the way we play. We want to score 80 points a game. We want to try and make some kind of postseason NCAA tournament or NIT for the first time during his tenure. And it just seems like we're in for a pretty fun season of Penn State basketball. And Chad, I want to start with you. When you look at this team and you try and give it a ceiling and a floor, what would you say those two things are? Ceiling's probably, I mean, I mean, I, I just don't know. These there's so many new players in the roster. Um, you know, I have Tony Carr, Lamar Stevens, Mike Watkins making his debut finally. Um, Terrence Samuel finally getting in also after transferring from UConn. Uh, there's just a lot of unknowns, but I mean, it's really just hard to even project a ceiling because the Big Ten is so loaded as it usually is, and there's you know there's this year there are more. Better, uh, good teams in the in the Big Ten than there were last year. I would say there are you know uh, five or six pretty crappy squads out there, uh, and, and that's not including Rutgers, who was historically awful. Um, but it's a little uh, more tightly packed this year, I think. So it's going to be it's not going to be easy to make the tournament, but they have that potential uh, just because they have more talent than they've ever had on a roster before with all these four star recruits. So it's it's definitely exciting times. Yeah, this. It- yeah, exciting times is probably the best way of putting it. Dan, do you have a more eloquent way of putting it, or you do you plan on just like driving us straight off a cliff right away? Well, you're you mean with the ceiling and the floor? Yeah. Well, okay, so that's really the best case scenario versus worst case scenario. So, 
Uh, you know, best case scenario, the team's fully healthy by the second weekend of the season. You know, that being Josh Reeves. Garner moving off the ball allows him to become a dynamic scorer with his three-point shot. And some combination of Zemgoulis and Banks makes the team adequate at knocking down threes. Watkins blossoms down low, takes the pressure off not only Moore, but Stevens and Banks defending the four as well. Um, Carr runs the point like a veteran. They play you know with Duke. They have a strong non-conference performance. They go, let's say, 500 in the Big Ten with a couple of really impressive wins. And they sneak into the NCAA tournament. That's the ceiling. The floor is Reeves misses more significant time than we think he's going to miss. Samuel's offense is so bad that he can't even stay on the floor. Watkins has trouble staying on the floor because, you know, foul trouble or conditioning or some, something because he hasn't played for a long time. Looking rusty even. And Moore fails to develop much beyond what he already is, so they really struggle down low. They continue to be a poor shooting team. None of the freshmen help in that department. They emerge with a winning non-con record, but it's uninspired, and they don't have as many wins in the Big Ten as they did last year, and they don't make the NIT. That's probably the floor. So those are really the two extremes of it that I can see. They probably end up somewhere between that, as normally these things go. But with all the talent that they have, from the new players, the ceiling is possible. You know, it's not crazy to to imagine something like that happening if everything breaks right. Yeah, especially – and, like, that's kind of the big thing for me with how we try and define this team's ceiling is how quickly can these young dudes get assimilated because we know what we're going to get out of Peyton Banks. We know what we're going to get – excuse me – out of – uh, Josh Reeves and Shep Gardner and Julian Moore. And if these young dudes can come in and give the team some depth at at basically every position and really make those guys better by the fact that they're behind them and they're incorporating the starting lineups and things like that, yeah, I mean, I think that a Penn State team that is in contention for an NCAA tournament berth and maybe is even able to get one is something completely possible. Of course... It's very likely that, you know, Shep Garner and Peyton Banks, they do what they can. Uh, Josh Reeves does what he can. Julian Moore doesn't really turn into the big man that Penn State needs him to be. Uh, Mike Watkins isn't able to really get used to the pace of the game right away. The freshmen have some trouble getting incorporated into everything, but it's not really enough. Again, like Dan said, the fact that this has the potential to be a bad shooting team again that really has me worried going into this year. But for the most part, I'm really excited. Um, the fact that we have a young and talented Penn State basketball team for the first time in God knows how long is like the biggest reason for optimism. I see it kind of like the football team, or at least what we thought out of the football team, where this year we were going to see some improvement. We were going to see a team that is able to get some things done, but maybe not win as many games as anyone would like this year, but next year is really the year. And that has me excited. That has me fired up for what we're going to see out of Penn State this year, especially considering that outside of like a confrontation or two or, you know, a grad transfer or something like that, nobody is going to be leaving this team. Uh, so Dan, I want to go back to you. Like just heading into this year, how excited are you for Penn State hoops? 
I'm excited, cautiously a bit, but I'm excited. Um, it's going to be a thrill early on to have so many new players to watch. Last year, I remember being, you know, pretty excited for Josh Reeves. This year with Carr Stevens and Watkins is a whole other level. That said, I don't want to put the cart before the horrors. These guys are great prospects. They're going to be good players. But they're playing a uh, powerhouse eight days into their first season, their freshman year. The team still can't shoot, and it's still thin down low, and that's cause for concern. So I don't really see it impacting the wins and losses this season. I think that's generally a consensus among most people is that this is that year. That's sort of what you're talking about, although I think comparing it to the football team with where they're at now is a little bit shooting for the moon. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's hard not to be excited about the newcomers. There's no question. Yeah, just to be clear, I meant like coming into this year what we thought the football team was going to be before it really surpassed a bunch of expectations. I think that's probably what to expect out of the basketball team. You know, we said the football team was going to win seven or eight games, but we're going to see some tangible signs of improvement, and I think that's going to be the case uh, with basketball. Of course, if the basketball team wants to do what the football team's doing and blow us all away and potentially win a Big Ten like being in a contention for a Big Ten regular season title, that would also be really cool. I'm not going to you know bank on that in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, uh, Chad, let's get your thoughts on what uh, your level of excitement is going into this year. I'm excited, definitely, to watch these players. You know, I mean, just all the all the newcomers, like Dan said. Um, but the, just the the hype is is getting to me a little bit it's, it's concerning a little bit because uh, i mean just as a fan it's like it's like what do you do with these expectations like there's actual reason to be excited about penn state basketball like it's it's weird yet to me um yeah i, I i'm just i'm definitely uh, i'm ready to see this it's been you know two years in the making almost to see this team finally come out with you know tony Carr, lamar stevens um and i think you know for penn state to really be the best team they can be next year um those guys are really going to have to produce and step up and be stars, I think, by year two. Because, you know, as much as I love Shep Garner, Josh Reeves, Peyton Banks, I think those are kind of, you know, role players on a really good college basketball team. Um, they're, they're all a little bit one-dimensional. Garner's not really a great finisher or driver at the rim. He's a, he's a decent point guard, but I think his best assets, obviously, three-point shooting. Peyton Banks is a, a really good defender, but offensively he's limited somewhat. Um, with his shooting and Josh Reeves, obviously kind of the same mold, not really a great shooter. Um, got a little unlucky on his three for 39, uh, three point shooting last year, but I just, he's, I, I, you know, you can't bank on some guy to improve from 7% to 30% in one year even. So, um, I'm excited. Um, it's, a, it's, I'm trying to pump the brakes a little bit because it's, it's a lot, it's a lot really quick for, um, for a program like this. I mean, I know Pat has, has said that he wants this program to be, you know, in in the tournament this year, ideally, or the NIT at least. Which even that might that's going to be a challenge. But um, yeah, I'm I'm just trying to pump the brakes for the whole fan base a little bit here because it's a lot really quickly, um, and it's really it's gearing up for next year to be the year that the the program finally comes together and becomes what Chambers wants it to be ultimately. Yeah, as you could tell, Chad is very much not used to this. So. <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's good that he's, you know, we're getting to this uncharted territory, but it's always fun hearing fans like Chad who are scared of the unknown because he's never been there. Uh, yeah, even any, even 2011 didn't have this kind of hype around him because they, they were just coming off a horrible 
wretched season with you know they, they had all that talent and they didn't do anything with it and they you know they snuck into the tournament by the skin of their teeth in the last you know that big 10 tournament win against wisconsin and michigan state but you know there's there are more expectations this year i think than there were in that year even so yeah, it's was, a little it's exciting but a little frightening too i was going to say the last time we went to a penn state basketball year where we were kind of expected to be really excited about what was going to happen was probably the 2013-2014 year because it had that backcourt of Tim Frazier and DJ Newbill, and that year ended with a loss to Siena in the CBI. So, like, there is a... We've been hurt before. What was that? We've been hurt before. We've been hurt before. Uh, But we're going to be all right, Chad. I, I think probably probably not. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah. be fine. I'm, I'm just uh, pumping the brakes a little yeah. bit here. Just trying yeah. to. Don't listen don't to Chad. Know. Be as excited as you want to be. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's uh, get into this roster the way that it is currently constructed, and let's start. We spend so much time talking about the guys who are new to the program. Let's talk about the guys that are going to be coming back and trying to uh, lead this team, as opposed to the guys who are going to try and just be really good basketball players on this team. And Dan, uh, yeah, Dan, we'll start with you. Who's the player on this roster that is returning that you were the most excited about? I'm really interested in seeing Shep Garner on the wing. Tony Carter is going to be the first bona fide point guard that Garner will have played with here at Penn State. And that will be fun. That will be, you know, getting to see him have the opportunity as a really good shooter to play off the ball with guys like Carr, with Josh Reeves, with Lamar Stevens, and Mike Watkins who can command attention in their own ways. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun to see him get opportunities that he, on a regular basis, that he has not gotten before on this team. Interesting. Uh, Chad, what about yourself? Uh, Josh Reeves, when he's healthy, um, when he comes back from this knee injury, um, I'm excited to see him because you know he showed last year he's just a he's a dynamo on defense. The way he gets into passing lanes and can block jumpers, like he he blocks so many more jumpers last year than I've I've seen a Penn State basketball player block. Um, so I mean, if he can improve his shooting, just like I said before, to to 30, percent that would be huge for him to to you know add that dimension to his game. Um, and he's put on weight this offseason. He's up from uh, 185 to 210 pounds, so he's he's finally be he'll be able to finish in the lane a little bit a little bit better, I think. Um, and he's just he he has the potential to be a very good, uh, if not role player, a, a stud in the Big Ten. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him after a full summer and a full year of uh, experience under his belt. Yeah, I mean, I'm with Chad. Like what we saw out of Josh Reeves defensively last year, and that was. Again, as a guy who he's new to college, he had relatively thin frame. He has a lot of things that we saw he had to work on. But those flashes that he showed us as a guy who is able to just lock dudes down on defense, a guy who can jump passing lanes, a guy who is able to block shots, which as a guard, when you're able to do that, it's always a bonus. But when you're really good at it, that's awesome. Those were all just really, really encouraging. He's a solid rebounder for a guard. We saw there were times where he was able to have the ball in his hands and initiate the offense uh, when Shep had to go out, which it won't be as big of an issue this year because this team has Shep, it has Terrence Samuel, it has Tony Carr. But still, it's nice knowing that you put the ball in his hands and you can generally trust him with it. It just all comes down to what he's able to do on offense. I mean, we saw last year that 
he had some issues when he was around the rim trying to finish through contact. Put on a lot of weight. It's a second year. He kind of knows what to expect when he's going into these more physical situations. So I think he'll be fine there. With his shooting, I mean, even if the dude's able to just hit like 20% of his threes, that'll be cool because that's just how bad and unlucky it was for him last year. So just use those as building blocks to get better this year to the point where next year we're seeing the defensive stopper who is able to contribute on offense in a variety of ways that I think we all want to see out of Josh. Uh, But of course, when we're talking about excitement for this team, so much of that stems from the young guys. And there's so much young talent on this team, both in the form of freshmen and in the form of dudes who are transferring into the program. So Dan, I want to start with you again. You followed them Pro, you know, just watching them play, probably more than, I mean, definitely more than I did, probably more than Chad did. So, of the young guys, which it includes the freshmen, it includes Mike Watkins, and if you want to include Terrence Samuel, you can include Terrence Samuel. Which one are you the most excited for? Mike Watkins, Mike Watkins, Mike Watkins, Mike Watkins. This is a little bit of a selfish answer in the sense that, I, like you said, I have seen Carr, Stevens, and Bostic play before on a number of occasions. But Watkins is a big man with talent, and that's been Penn State's white whale for a long time. Jordan Dickerson was an effective defender, not an eye test impressive. Sasa Barabniak showed offensive ability, but maybe for the last 10 games of his career. Here's a guy who can run the floor, he can D up the opposition's big man, command attention in the post. That's a combination we really have not seen before in one player, and I'm really fired up to see what he can do. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's Lamar Stevens. I mean, that dude, and this comes from the fact that I haven't really watched him all that much, but the dude's just a specimen, man. Like, watching him out on a basketball court, the fact that he's just bigger and stronger than everyone else in a Ross Travis-ish way, but he's also really good at basketball, makes me so excited to watch what he can do. I mean... He's going to play three positions. Pat has mentioned that he's going to uh, line up at the three and the four. He's going to get some reps at the five, which is awesome. I mean, I'm always a big fan of teams going small and trying to play fast and all that. Uh, not really sure what he's go- how he's going to be able to stretch the floor. We know that he is a jumper out to about 15 or so feet. Uh, he can maybe get some threes. I don't know. Like Again, I haven't really seen him all that much. He can rebound. I, I saw during the exhibition, which again, it was against Lock Haven, so let's make sure the bar is set as low as we can set it. But he just looks like physically he can compete from day one. And even if his offensive game doesn't come around, the fact that he's going to be able to body up guys on defense, the, he's going to be able to get down low, he's going to be able to rebound the basketball, that's really encouraging. And that's going to add an all-around game that, Uh, I was talking to a friend of the site, Jeff McDevitt, about him. He thinks that Lamar is going to be the best college player out of all the new guys that Penn State has coming in. So, yeah, very low bar for you, Lamar. You don't have to worry about having to surpass any kind of expectation. Chad, what about yourself? Uh, Watkins and Stevens are going to be fun to watch for sure. Um, They have, you know, they're going to throw down some pretty sweet yams this year, I think. Um, But they're going to get... The Yam Squad. They're going to get him from Tony Carr because uh, I think it, it's kind of crazy, but we're almost underestimating how good of a talent Tony Carr is because 
I mean, think about this. We're talking about a uh, 24-7 sports composite ranking, eighth-ranked point guard in the country this in this tw- class of 2016, and the players ahead of him are are like they're four, three to four um, surefire lottery picks in that group. So we're talking about any other year, potentially a top five a top five point guard prospect in Tony Carr. So, um, you know, he he won everything in high school. He he won every award you can win. Um, and he's just he's a gamer and I you know he's got the the pacing and the, the passing ability that is going to be so key for this team that wants to run you know up upwards of you know 35 possessions a game if that's what Chambers wants to do um, he's going to be able to do it because he's he's that good um, and you know it he's the team is only going to go as far as he can take them because he's going to be so key in getting good looks for these guys because there's no you know like we said there's going to be a dearth of shooting ability on this team so it's going to be on almost on him exclusively to get open looks for guys down low and on the wings and stuff. So um, I'm really, really looking forward to what to seeing what Tony Carr can do because it's it, it's really it's almost unfair to put it on one guy. But if if this team is going to be what we think it can be in the next few years, it'll be because of him. Yeah, and it, it's so weird that we're talking about Penn State freshmen coming in. And we're not talking about them through the scope that we talked about, like, Shep when he was a freshman, which was he's going to be able to come in, he'll hit some shots. Uh, there are a lot of reasons for us to think that it may take him a while to get used to the college game, not the biggest dude, a bit of a tweener, all that. Or we talk about Peyton Banks, where, again, he's a bit of a tweener. We don't know really how good he can be. And, of course, he's developed into a very solid basketball player. We're talking about due to if they're going to programs like... Michigan State or Villanova or just these other really good college basketball programs, the one that don't have tendencies to be one-and-done factories, he's a guy who he can he can be a building block for a program like that. So the fact that he and Lamar are both coming to Penn State and then with guys like Nazir and Mike and Shep are opening that pipeline to Philly that, you know, we've talked about so much. And if Eric was on here, he'd, you know, he'd be giggling over That's awesome. And again, when we talk about the level of excitement for this program, a lot of it stems from the fact that it was able to get guys like Tony Carr and Mike Watkins and Lamar Stevens into this program. So this is going to be a fun season for reasons like that. Uh, But, and Chad, we'll start with you. When you think about the player that is most important to this team's success, who is the guy you look at? Because by the sound of it, you're saying Tony. Yeah, I think it's pretty clearly Carr. Um, if they want to reach another level, it would probably be either you know somebody who can shoot Davis, Zemgulis, or, or Shep. Obviously, would have to hit close to forty percent of his threes this year. So they're going to need shooting if they want to be a team that can make the tournament this year. But even without that, I think they'll be on a, a level comparative to a lot of Big Ten teams in the middle of the pack there, just because of of Carr's ability to to run the run the point and find open guys and, and just, you know, play at the pace that they want to play at. Um, especially in the Big Ten where a lot of teams don't play at that high tempo pace. You have Iowa and 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 Minnesota under Rich Pitino. Um, that's a team I'm interested to see a lot this year because they have they're they're similar to Penn State in a lot of ways. They have a lot of uh, good young talent coming in, but it, you know, Patino's on more of a hot seat than Chambers, so uh, that's an interesting situation to monitor, but um, style-wise, it, it's it's they're really going for a contrasting look here this year. So, 
um, and Carr has to do it all almost as as the lead point guard. So I'm really, um, I, it's it's kind of on him to be that the the straw that stirs the drink here. Interesting. Uh, yeah, Dan, my gut is that you and I have the same answer for this, so you can go ahead on this one. I kind of feel like it's Mike Watkins. And I have a general idea of how the team is going to perform at the other four positions, with some variables, obviously. But how it goes in the front court really goes as far as Watkins goes. What he can do as a redshirt freshman will have a tremendous impact on the team's ability to make postseason play or not. So while I acknowledge that Garner's probably the best player and Reeves could take the biggest leap forward, I kind of think Watkins is the biggest piece of the puzzle to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, we'll talk about this in a second, but Penn State's bigs have been plagued by the inability to stay on the floor because of fouls for the last, um, I don't even know how long, uh, but... Watkins seems like a kind of guy who, if he's able to stay on the floor, he's not going to be, you know, the Jordan Dickerson or the Donovan Jack type who does some nice things but isn't going to help. They are not going to actively help you win basketball games. Watkins seems like he has the potential to win some games for Penn State. He's a really good rebounder. He seems like he's going to be a really good defender. He can score in the low post, which, I mean, outside of what, like two weeks of Sasha Barovniak, Penn State hasn't had that in a long time. So, and he's also a really good passer for a big man. So you put all of that together and it seems like this is going to be a really, really interesting piece of the puzzle, especially considering I think it's a little bit um, nerve-wracking that we're not quite sure how good Julian Moore is yet. It's his first year really in the spotlight as anything other than a guy who's going to play a couple of minutes and uh, every now and then do some nice stuff, but he does some things that still make you go. He's a young dude who still has to develop. So, yeah, I think Watkins could very easily be the team's starting big man after a month or two. No, I mean, even sooner than that. It'll happen sooner than that, I think, yeah. I I don't think Moore's not long for the bench because, I mean – you know, he, he has the physical tools, I think, but he's just, you know, there's a reason he didn't play ahead of Donovan Jack and Jordan Dickerson the last two years. So, yeah. um, Watkins, like you guys said, he's he's a unique talent uh, that, that Penn State hasn't seen before. So, he'll, um, once he gets his sea legs under him, his, his college legs under him, he'll be a, a starter in no time, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Uh, and as I mentioned, like, the team has had issues with big men fouling, and especially when the big men depth this year is Julian Moore and Mike Watkins and maybe some Lamar Stevens. That is a pretty serious concern. Uh, So let's talk about the one thing that this team needs to improve on from last year or just in general. And for me, of course, we've never really seen a Penn State front court under Pat that was good at not fouling people. That's good at just playing defense down low without sending a dude to the free throw line. I hope... That that is going to be the case this year. I mean, Julian Moore got called for four point four fouls per forty minutes last year, which, um, while not great, it was still better than Jordan Dickerson or Donovan Jack. Uh, if he's able to cut back on that a little bit, that would be really reassuring. 
If Mike Watkins is able to just stay out of foul trouble, that is going to be a godsend for this team. But, yeah, I mean, just don't foul. Please, for the love of God, do not foul in the front court. Uh, Dan, what do you think is kind of the big thing that you need to see Penn State improve on this year? I think it's that they've got to find a way to consistently score the ball. You would like to see them shoot the ball better, but all of the new players range in shooting ability from eh, maybe he'll be okay to uh, I'm not sure I like basketball anymore. (laughs) So expecting improvement there this season seems to be asking for a lot, which means it has to be from two things. One is getting out of the break, which is something that Chambers has said they want to do. And I expect that they will. There's, you know, with the composition of this team, it makes a lot of sense. And the other is slashing and scoring, which I think is something that really fits the games of Reeves and Stevens, and even to an extent, Garner and uh, Banks. So I can I can see that, and and I would say Carr can do a little bit of that as well. So I think the combination of those two things can make it so that they are putting up points and and being more exciting and and you know not having to rely on absolute slugfests to win games especially in Big 10 play. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Uh Chad, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm with Dan on that. The, um I think at this point we kind of can say for with some certainty that Chambers is not really an offensive guru. Um even even when he's had Tim Frazier, the, the team's assist rate has always been a lower uh, you know, low, lower third of the country in, in assist rate, like their best finish uh, nationally in assist rate ever was uh, uh, 272 out of 351. That was in uh, their first year there. So, um, you know, the, the way if they're going to run, that's that's definitely going to be beneficial in terms of getting open looks, and and you know, it's easier to find guys on the break when they're not, uh, you know, manned up on defense every time. So, that's going to be a big boost. Um, to just a, you know they won't have a stagnant offense as much this year I don't think um, they'll have to work on the half court but that's you know you can you can eliminate those opportunities and that's a lot easier for them it's a lot less pressure on the offense um, and of course the fouling issues are, are well documented um, the the depth might be a concern this year with at center uh, just be, between just having two guys is is not ideal no not so. I mean, next year when they get Satchel Pearson, maybe they can find another guy. Uh, ideally, a stretch four would be nice. You can shoot uh, for next season, but uh, just for this season, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge. Anybody who can shoot, anybody can yes. shoot. Ideally, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be rough to to start off. I think, and you know, I I guess we'll wait and see because Chambers teams have never not fouled at Penn State, so that's those are the two main areas of concern. Yeah, uh, so let's talk about the non-conference a little bit. Um, this, I mean, Pat has basically said he wants this team to be battle-tested in the non-con, which they're certainly going to be able to do that. I mean, they're going to play Duke. They're going to play a solid George Washington team. They're going to play Pitt. They're going to play a St. John's team that is scaring the living hell out of Chad heading into uh, this season. To, it's actually been very funny listening to Chad talk about St. John's. St. John's is going to be good. They're, they're going to play one of Cincinnati or Rhode Island, two very solid teams in the Ken Palm Top 50. So, Chad, since I have not done much college basketball preparation this year, uh, what team is the 
toughest non-Duke game on the non-con? Cincinnati and Rhode Island are both top 25 teams uh, in the preseason. So um, I think the better matchup is probably Cincinnati because, well, I, it's tough. Cincinnati is like a, a really grinded out defensive oriented team um, and, and they can probably give Penn State some fits. But um, if if they don't shoot well against Penn State, then they can and then the Lions can really um, force them out of their, their half court defense and, and get at them on the break. So that might be a better matchup. Uh, Rhode Island brings a lot of players back from last year. They they kind of they were bit by the injury bug a lot last year and almost lost uh, Coach Hurley to the Rutgers. Just kidding, they they did not. Um, uh, so yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be a challenge. Um, Georgia Tech will not be a challenge. They're going to be uh, in in the words of John Rothstein. Oh, no. Off the charts, off the charts bad. Uh, oh, also, wow. okay. also potentially one of the worst uh, Power 5 teams he's ever seen. So uh, that, those are John Rothstein's words, not mine, Yellow Jacket fans. Uh, and, and Pitt will be a challenge uh, in Newark. Um, they just lost one of their players. I think Sean Clark's out for a while. So uh, Penn State gets another injury boost for another team. Um, Duke's also losing Marquise Bolden and... Um, Jason Tatum's hurt a little bit. Harry Giles, I don't know if he'll be back for that game. but And uh, I'll keep talking up St. John's if I have to because they have – they're a lot like Penn State. They have a lot of young talent and I would say a better collection of young talent than Penn State does. They don't have quite the veterans that, that we do. Uh, you know, they don't have a Shep Garner type player. They don't have a Peyton Banks really. Um, but they have a lot of good young talent. Chris Mullen's building something there. It's just a matter of um, is he a good coach and does he have a system for them already? Um, but other than that, it's a pretty, um, pretty. Fr- it's an easier non-conference schedule than it looks to be. Um, George Mason is, I don't know. Why I, I'm sorry. George George Washington is is in kind of limbo right now. They lost Mike Morgan to that uh, scandal this offseason, so they're they're kind of up in the air. Um, but it's it's a fun non-conference slate this year. It's nice to see them try to challenge themselves, and even if they don't come out with the um, you know, an eight and four record. If they lose the the four big games they have in the schedule, it's still a big, it's a nice building block for the next two years just to have that kind of experience under their belt. Yeah. Um, Dan, do you have anything you would like to add to that? I think Chad hits the nail on the head in that it's a fun non-conference schedule. Yeah. Familiar teams, uh, you know, some big names in there, getting to play Duke, getting to play Pitt, getting to play St. John's, playing in interesting locations like in Newark and up in, up in New York against St. John's uh, at Mohegan Sun for the Duke game. You know, really hitting in those areas that Chambers has talked about. You know, every year they want to try to play in New York. They want to try to play in D.C. They want to try to play in Philadelphia, which they're doing with the Palestra game. And this schedule accomplishes that. Um, you know, he's he's worried about St. John's. Um, for me, the, the real trap game on that non-conference schedule that jumps out of me is Morgan State. I really like what Todd Bozeman's building at Morgan State. <laughs> you know, the, you, obviously we all know about Stanley Davis. We all know about Martez Cameron. We all know about Clive C.J. Vaughn Jr. You know, the big names. But <laughs> even the even some of the, the depth that they have on this team, like Tyler Streeter, Isaiah Graves... David Syfax, you know, these guys, you, you just can't overlook a team like this. And coming over that St. John's game, it has to be a little bit concerning that that, could be, that has the trap game potential there. <laughs> yeah, right before uh, 
Right after St. John's, which uh, that's at Madison Square Garden, correct? Morgan State or St. John's? St. John's. I can see why you'd be confused that, that Penn yes. State would not be playing a big opponent like Morgan State at the Garden. Yeah. But no, but, yeah, St. John's, John's is at the Garden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would uh, expect to see Penn State play a uh, public research university uh, based out of Baltimore, Maryland. That is. Now, more. Yeah. Morgan State, oh, you were, yeah, Morgan State is not actually at Madison Square Garden. It is actually at the intramural building. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, uh, that makes a lot of sense on a number of levels. But, yeah. I'm sorry. A correction. It's been moved to the outdoor court at the East Hall's quad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... The light, like, so also, if you were going to be attending that game, they ask that you drive and then turn the lights on on your car in the parking lot next to it out so that they can play. Yeah, uh, that that sounds very much like a Jeff McDev open. Do you do you have four wheel drive? Would you be able to drive up on the lawn so they can get some lighting from the sideline? Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right, no, then we'll. I, I, I have yeah. a Corolla, so. What about you, Chad? Would you be able to pull it off? Yeah, I think so. I can bring a stereo too. I have I have a nice oh, okay. box I can bring for some. You thought audience. you thought trying to play a game at Rec Hall was a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Chambers' yeah. boldest move yet. Yeah, I love it. I don't know if I'm concerned about this game, um, but I am so intrigued by Grand Canyon coming to Penn State, mostly because I'm, one, excited to see what a basketball team at a for-profit university looks like, but also I'm very interested to see what happens in the sideline matchup between Pat, who is um, very colorful, I think we can all agree, and uh, Thunder Dan Marley, the head coach of Grand Canyon, who is a legitimate crazy person. So that'll be fun. I'm a... I have no insight into that game at all. Uh, but other than that, that's... I'm slightly awesome. too young to be familiar with Thunder Dan, other than I've seen that clip of him barehand catching that ground rule double at an Arizona Diamondbacks game. Yeah. He, uh, and that he works for he works for Jerry goddamn Colangelo. <laughs> yes, Dan has reached his Jerry Colangelo quota for this episode of the podcast. Dan, if you'd like to keep going off on Jerry Colangelo, by all means. No, oh, just he just he's the owner and operator and CEO of Grand Canyon University. It's there's this is no secret. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Going to Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that yeah, that gets rid of two of the little things we got written down. So just what what do you expect out of Penn State? Uh, we'll start with you, Dan. Uh, during the non-conference, what do you like? You don't necessarily need to put a number on it, but just in general, what do you think we're going to see out of this team? I think Duke's a tough one just based on the timing. Um, fourth game of the career of uh, four different players in the roster. They haven't faced a team with the pedigree and talent of a Duke that early in the season uh, in a very long time. This program in general, none of these players have. Um, and you get some of the growing pains. George Washington is a little early in the schedule. I'd feel more comfortable with that game if that one was later in the schedule. Um, you know, Pitt and St. John's back to back is tough. And then Morgan state, you know, that's just, you know, those, those five really are the ones I'm circling on the calendar. Yeah. Those are the ones that are going to determine whether this is a good team or a great team. So I, I understand. Definitely. Uh, Chad, what about yourself? What are you, what are you just looking for from this team during the non-con? Uh, can they avoid taking a, a, a bad loss? Um, you know, there's, there, these first three games are not, Pushovers, I wouldn't say. Um, Albany's okay, maybe Albany's a pushover, but Duquesne, Grand Canyon, 
Um, Grand Canyon was 27 and 7 last year, and they beat some decent teams that were probably better than this Penn State team. So, um, I, there's I could see some slip ups, but it would be re- really reassuring if they didn't lose any of those games uh, to open the season. Duke's obviously an impossible task. I mean, they're it's going to be a lot like the first game they played against uh, Kentucky in the same building a couple or four years ago against the uh, eventual national championship team with Anthony Davis and all those guys. So um, not expecting much from that uh, other than a, a, an upset, obviously. Um, is it an yeah. upset if the team that's supposed to win wins? And of course that team is Penn state. <laughs> I guess not. That's a good point. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to take some lumps. There's probably a dumb, dumb loss or two in there, but um, if they can balance that out with it, with an upset win, uh, or you know, against a pit or a a Rhode Island Cincinnati upset, that would be a really good sign for the for the season and obviously for next year then too. Yeah, definitely. I was actually just looking at George Washington's roster and between Tyler Cavanaugh and Yuta Watanabe, they they have at least two guys who've been around forever. So Utah's, uh, I love Yuta Watanabe. He's awesome. He is his lank, yeah. lanky lanky six seven shooter. I love him. That's a good point there. My favorite uh, on George Washington's roster is Baron von Steuben. <laughs> is that a real guy? It, he's a uh, Dan. I have some bad news for you, buddy. I don't see a Baron von Steuben on this roster. You're not talking. We're talking about F- Frederick Wilhelm von Steuben. <laughs> uh, all right, Dan. Thank you for coming on this edition of the pod. As uh, as always, Dan, you're the uh, you're you're. No, wait, hold on. What is what is that obscure reference? Because I am is that like an American it's, history thing, or am I just? Yes, this yes. is a Revolutionary okay. War okay. general. He was okay. a Prussian and American military officer. Okay. You know, he was. This is <laughs> this is a big part of my elementary school in the sense that. that we used for our codes when they for the intruder drills. The codes were all Revolutionary War generals for some reason. <laughs> so the code for there's a crazy guy with a knife or gun in the building was Baron von Steuben is in the office, what? which is which is really subtle. <laughs> it seems like a lot of work to get through just to say there's a guy with a, a weapon it was, in the office. It was like John Donovan was our principal. <laughs> And on that note, I think that's it for this edition of the podcast. Uh, yeah, as always, thank you very much for listening. You know the places you got to follow us on social media. Buy a shirt, subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Keep reading the site. Basketball season's here. We're going to have some awesome, awesome content for you. And, uh, yeah, we can't wait for this year's Penn State basketball team. For, so for Chad Markulix, for Dan Smith, I am Bill DeFilippo. Take care, everyone. Yam squad.